This process of meditation is for the purpose of self-realization and, and God-realization in broad terms. It is a very practical um, means to really transform your life. But as I mentioned before, what's necessary is for you to, you've got to do the walking. You know, you absolutely cannot be lazy. You may be weak in that, okay, sometimes I can manage and then I kind of fall away and it's okay. You know, what's really important is to make some effort and at any time that you find that, well, I'm not um, practicing or I'm not doing things, I've got spaced out or distracted in my life, then don't, don't give up, you know, re-engage, re re-engage. For some people, you know, everybody's different. Some people just have a, like a really easy time. Me, you know, this process of this japa meditation. When I first came into this process, I, my background was a little bit different. I um, had first become quite involved in, in the Ashtanga Yoga pr process and um, had been really focused on you know, a more mystical aspect of yoga that it's often referred to, and that often confers an experience, well, not often, rarely actually, confers an experience of, you know, you might have heard people talking about a white light or an ocean of spiritual light and energy. It's called the Brahma Jyoti. And because of some of those experiences and some of my bad experiences with um, conventional religion, I, I developed a somewhat um, narrow view of things. I only thought things were sort of like one way. But when I became exposed to this particular path, uh, which was, I was quite young, I was... Um, 19 years old in, and it was first in, in Sydney here and I went on to India and lived in India for quite some time as a, as a monk but I, I got exposed to um, what I have experienced and seen is a very practical easy and yet incredibly powerful spiritual process that really brings a great deal of personal transformation. I, I was telling one of the um, ladies, Shelley, that, uh, mentioning about when I was in prison, <clears throat> um, I, one of the guys I was teaching, 
he, um, you know, really heavily tattooed. He had been in there for murder. He had broken out of prison three times. He was uh, an enforcer in one of the gangs, you know, a very violent person and, you know, a lot of brute strength and everything. But he was, and, and very, you know, uneducated, but really a smart guy. And towards the end of our first course in 10 weeks, um, his transformation was astonishing. Most people don't go there because we don't put enough into it. You know, those guys have got nothing else going on. They ain't going anywhere. And so, you know, they hear these things and they try it and they really think about it and are quite prayerful quite often. And he told me, you know, a couple of things that he, he has realized. One is his whole life, he had been living up to other people's image of who he was, like the big heavy guy, the enforcer dude, you know, the, the, they, they, uh, they put that out because that's kind of things he had been doing. Then he said he found that actually his whole life he's been living up to other people's, other people telling him who he was. And he's now come to realize that actually he doesn't know himself at all. He doesn't know who he really is. And he's found that the most important thing that he can do is to really continue this journey of self-discovery, to really learn about who he is internally as a, as a spiritual being and live a life in harmony with that identity. And the other thing he said was that he, most of his life, he had interacted with people and his environment with a very hard exterior, you know, quite violent and, you know, this, this hardness to it. And he said something that he would never admit to anyone was that he was actually hiding something very weak and scared inside. And the way that you cover that up is by this hard exterior. He said, now I've learned that I need to become a very strong person in the core of who I am. And if I am very strong, then the way in which I should relate to the world and others is through a very soft exterior. And it was just like, you know, it's really far out that people can go through these kind of changes. There was an older guy, an Islander guy. I mean, he was 70 something, 76. And he's been in prison for like 50 years of his life. You know, in and out of prisons, all kinds of criminal activity. And I asked him, he's a really simple guy. And he just loved the chanting. He'd just really get into it. And I asked him, you know, what's one of the things that he's really learned? And he thought about it for a moment. We were interviewing him and he suddenly lit up and he goes, you know what? He said, this body, this, this, this body, it's, it's like a car. It's, it's a vehicle, like a car. And you, you, you are the driver.
And it was like, poof. That was like, whoa. <laughs> and he said, and one day, that car is going to be so old, it can't run anymore. And you, 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 you're going to get out of the car and you're going to go away from it. It's there. You've gone away from it. And that was just like, you know, monumental discovery for him. It wasn't just like a, a theoretical idea. He'd experienced the reality of that. And that's deeply, deeply transformative. So um, it, it, for me, it's encouraging in those kind of environments to see people that are really going through heavy stuff you know, they can, they can utterly be transformed in, in very wonderful ways. And their families kind of flip out. It's like, what happened to that guy? <laughs> they like it. But it's like, whoa, this is really, really different. So um, for us, if we walk this path, you will, in this lifetime, experience the reality of, of self-realization. And if you have the inclination towards God-realization, there is no more powerful way for you to come to the most amazing spiritual experience and reality than, than through this particular process. So um, one of the things I've done, I've, I've got like a YouTube channel and a website under my name and uh, also on SoundCloud resources that you guys can access and can download some of the stuff from SoundCloud. And one of the things I've got there is, you know, just teaching meditation. And if you want a refresher or you want to share with somebody, you know, um, Goranga breathing, um, the use of, of the beads in Japa, Japa meditation and Kirtan. And then there's a few tracks that if people want to use as a way to get started in their life, you can kind of put them on and do a little bit of breathing and do some Goranga breathing and then do one round of Japa and then little bit of Om Hari Om Kirtan, you know, afterwards. And um, some of them are, I've got two of them, one's about nine minutes and the other one's about 15 minutes. So it's kind of like something that you can use, you can put on your phone or whatever and, and actually use it. You know, I can set a little alarm and go, okay, I got it. And something to just follow, follow along with to sort of get you started and to help um, building the, the habit the very good habit that will bring you everything that your heart actually desires. We often don't recognize that many of the things that we desire, we only, we only, we don't look at where they're really coming from and what it is that we're really desiring. And we just have these superficial manifestations of these actually deep spiritual desires. And we try to fulfill all these different things and, doesn't do anything for us. We just grow old and die. The huge discovery is that you never die. You can't die. 
Your body does. Your body is destined for death. But you, the spiritual being, you never die. You cannot die. You are eternal. And that, that knowledge to a person that is lying on the deathbed is so valuable. It's so fantastic. And one thing you can share with people in that situation is the one thing that they can take with them on this experience, crossing this threshold called death. The one thing that you can bring with you is this chanting of these spiritual sounds, these transcendental names. One can take complete shelter in that, and it can become the boat to carry people across the ocean of material existence. Okay? Anybody got any questions? Any, and any question is, is, is cool and good. There are no dumb questions. Any questions that where you're asking for clarity or about things related to this are fantastic. And you'll find most of the people in the room are probably thinking something similar to you. You don't have to have a question. Just if you have one, feel free. Don't be shy. When you say get the benefit of current life, what are you thinking? Because you say if you do meditation, you will transcend. Yeah. All sort of, you know. So, uh, where I, does I it go? You, you need to subscribe to the belief of. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, no. No. I mean, there are so many things that I have not talked to you about. Um, the things that we've talked about are, are really just fundamental. And it doesn't matter what your belief system is or your personal practices or anything. If you add this to your life, your life will become infinitely better. You will live a better life. You will be happier. You will have a more positive effect on others and you will be less affected by, you know, all the things in your life. You don't have to subscribe to the idea or believe in, in reincarnation. It's, that's all ir irrelevant. You know, this, this stuff applied, you know, now in this environment delivers amazing and wonderful benefit. If people have an interest in, in more than this, then, wow, we can go into some really super interesting areas and there is much to share and there is much that people can um, benefit from. 
but generally for for myself i'm i'm always a little cautious when i come into this is these people that have invited me here i don't want to um cross lines that i shouldn't um i i have personal practices that i engage in that are more connected with what's broadly called the path of devotion and um lots of of spiritual type practices um there but what we are dispensing and freely giving is you know what we've given and everybody can use it regardless of what you believe or don't believe that's all you know it's not not important it's not connected okay Yeah. Yeah. So um if we ourselves are focused on our our, our spiritual practice as that begins to change us then that begins to it means that i will begin relating to others somewhat differently than i probably have in the past and the way that i will interact with them which is two ways will also begin to change um like i i mentioned to you earlier I was telling her that it's like so unfortunate that most of us we spend so much time and effort getting upset about things that are beyond our control and we obsess and want to change people and other things around us that we actually can't and we're so you know upset about how they're talking to us or dealing with us or things like this it's far more intelligent to be focused on things that you actually have control over you can actually control how you are going to think about things you can determine what your value system is going to be you can't you can't control how people relate to you but you can control how you take that and how you respond to them in return that's all within your control and if you become more focused on the things that are within your control and you are growing spiritually then that will automatically begin to overflow 
into your relationships and with your work and everything because you become increasingly clearer about how you should be living and what's important to you and what are the values you should be embracing. There are other, you know, yoga processes. Like, for instance, there is a process that's known as karma yoga. And this means the the yoga of work, where most people work for self-benefit. That's why you work, to get, get stuff for you to enjoy and utilize. In the Kama Yoga process, they actually encourage people to develop an appreciation that actually, I can't lay claim to anything in this world. Everything was here before I showed up in this particular body and everything will be there when I'm gone. And the idea of me, you know, trying to get stuff for my use and everything is, is not, it's not accepting the reality of things. And so what they did was people would, would work in ancient India and even in modern times, they would work and then they would take a certain amount of the fruits of that work and they would somehow engage it in some higher thing, whether it's to do as an offering to God or to engage in some social activity, you know, where you're giving and sharing and doing some some good. And the more people could actually become focused in that type of practice, they saw their work differently. You know, it began to take on a whole different focus rather than about me trying to just get stuff for me, you know, and I'm looking at getting the recognition and position and, you know, people admiring what, how good I am at different things and then getting the money and thinking, how am I going to spend it? Which is a life of actual, it's not bad or evil, but it is very self-centered. And the more self-centered we are, fundamentally, the more happy, unhappy we will be. Whereas the more we tend towards being selfless and giving, the more happiness we will find and the more meaning we will find in, in the things that we do. So people that practiced, you know, these systems of yoga, they looked for ways to integrate or to connect their work and relationships and everything with some higher spiritual purpose. And consciously every day before setting out for work or arriving at their workplace, they take a few moments to just reflect that what am I doing here? What is this for? And to make some form of an offering of the energy that they're going to put out and the efforts, you know, to, for some higher purpose. Okay? You're welcome. You know, the same thing applied with relationships. I mean, in, in ancient times, there was a great 
king. He was actually considered an incarnation of God. His name was Rishabdev. And he once, in speaking with his sons and instructing them, said that one should not become a king, which means a political leader, or a spiritual teacher, a husband, or a parent, unless you can liberate those in your care. Whoa! This meant that your primary responsibility to your partner in life was their spiritual liberation. Your primary responsibility to your children is their spiritual liberation. Anybody that you had influence over, that was your responsibility. And some people have an inclination and some people don't. And so how am I going to deal with this? It's not by force. I must use my intelligence. How can I find teachable moments? How can I share things of importance? How can I touch somebody's life that perhaps in the future they will reflect on it and go, yeah, I should have listened. I, now I'm going to do something about my life. And so, you know, when people live with that kind of consciousness, um, the world becomes a way better place and relationships and just daily work. Everything takes on a, a greater significance and importance, a, a spiritual purpose. You know, the consumer economic system has been disastrous in the workplace because work has been reduced to simply part of an economic formula. People employ others for profit. And your work must be done. You know, there used to be this standard. I can remember when I was a kid where people were a little bit more religious. And in that, they found more significance in what they're doing. I'm not promoting any particular cause here or anything, but the principle is really important. There was a guy that would make cabinetry, you know, and he... He dovetailed all the joints, you know. He would build with dowel and, and joints and hardly use nails or screw. And he took pride in, in, you know, the manufacture of these things. And he wouldn't sell something that he wasn't sort of like felt that he had done his best. And looking at it again, you know, no, that's not good enough. And go back and re-sand it and refinish it, you know. And when it's nice, it goes out the door. Now, work, you know, you're part of an assembly line. You have to do, even if you work in a supermarket, you know, the point of sale thing all goes back to the manager's office and he's looking at the cashier. This cashier is, you know, going through this many customers and this one, only this one, and the average sale here and the average sale. And, and they call you up and you're not doing a good enough job and... And you're just in there to get money. And so our work doesn't ennoble our life. It doesn't enrich our life. And that's really unfortunate, you know, that society has taken such a deeply materialistic direction. 
And so people feel alienated in the workplace, in their families, in their societies. Then everybody just tries to cover it up by drinking and drug taking, anything to fill up the hole. So this, this is the beginning um, you know, of, of changes that you will begin to make in your life just on your own that will actually lead to a much better and healthier life and a fearless death. That's the promise. Anybody else? Devotion and emotion. Um, that's actually a really quite deep question. Um, emotion can mean many things, but you specifically mentioned love. Yeah, no, but which, which is good. Um, our desire for happiness arises from the Atma, the soul itself. It is because it is our natural state to exist in a state of happiness. That's why we don't like unhappiness. That's why we're agitated and looking for happiness. The problem is when you think the body is the whole deal and the mind, then you seek to fulfill that need on that level. And when you do that, it doesn't touch you in the core of your being. So you can have all kinds of material experience, amazing material experience, and be completely empty inside. Another characteristic of the soul, the Atma, is that of love. To love and to be loved is actually a spiritual condition. It's not a material condition. We try to fulfill it, you know, through external things and limited things, and it just doesn't actually do it. That desire is actually something that becomes a big focus on the spiritual path of, of bhakti or, or the path of devotion, where one is not cultivating a sentiment you know, something of the mind, but they're able to taste and experience the full expression of what is most natural for us to love. And that is extended towards that a higher divinity, but it is also manifest to all other people because such a yogi or transcendentalist, they see all living beings as sparks from the same fire, as it were. They see a commonality. We feel every living being to be my brother or sister, who is, you know, um, we should look at with great affection and care. And we see the connection between all the individual living beings and what is called the Supreme Soul, the Supreme Being. And because of one's cultivation of that love that extends automatically to everyone else, that is actually the secret message. And I say secret message because no one knows about it within Christianity. 
if you ask most people that say they are Christians, if you ask them what is the most important teaching of Lord Jesus Christ, most of them say to love thy, your brother as yourself. And no, it's not. That was described as the second, his second commandment. He said the second is like the first. The first was to attain a state of such deep love, a love for the Lord with your whole, whole heart, your whole mind and your whole being. What does that even mean? What is that condition? Do you know anyone that's attained it? Do you know anyone that can actually talk about it? Do you know anyone that can actually speak about how it develops and what is the experiences and what is the full maturity and how is it manifest in a person and experience? Nobody knows anything about this stuff. And and it's such a tragedy because these are not religious things. They are deeply spiritual principles. And so we just went into a realm of great profoundness. And uh, like I said, you know, the things that we're talking about are, are fundamentally the foundation and beginning of, of a spiritual journey. How you want to direct that, that is your choice as an individual. And if you are looking for support and, and help, you know, you've got lots of nice folk here who are more than willing to help you on this journey. <laughs> it's, it's way more far out than anything you can imagine that I can promise you. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, your being here is the ultimate step, I promise. I mean, there, there is a great importance to what we would call spiritual lineage because it's not just a question of teaching, but a certain potency that is really transformative. So um, what resonates? Hmm. This is a little bit tough, and I'll have to be a bit direct if I can. I would normally say something a little bit crude here, and I might try it. Shit (laughs) Shit resonates with pigs. And I don't mean to say that to be critical or anything, but it means like you have to, you have to think about it. Depending on, on your state of consciousness and the softness of heart, fundamentally, something may, you know, really touch you and another person, it may not touch them at all because they're just so focused somewhere else. So, we know that there are specific things that are very potent and whether it's completely resonating with you at the time or not, 
that it is really beneficial. And over time, one will, and doesn't mean a lot of time, it could be a little bit of time, depends on the individual. They will begin to, you know, um, awaken. There will be something that touches them. So um, the most important thing is, is to take something that is a bona fide or, you know, a real genuine process and begin to apply it in one's life. In, in the Bhagavad Gita, they have some interesting descriptions about, I mean, there's so many topics in there that people just, you know, it's just so out there. They can't even relate to some of the things because it's really quite far out. But they talk about happiness. And they describe how people in different conditions that are being moved by different influences, they talk about three types of main, it's invisible forces, but currents that are moving. They describe them as the gunas, which means qualities. One is called the, the mode of goodness, the mode of passion, and the mode of ignorance. When a person becomes overwhelmed or influenced by the mode of ignorance, it manifests in lethargy, it manifests in depression, it may manifest in mental illnesses, it may manifest in people with severe alcohol or drug problems. You know, you can just see how somebody is living in the consciousness that they have. A person that is more, when they are more influenced by what's called the mode of passion, they they want to achieve, they want to excel, they're energetic, they're driven to, you know, to build or create or to excel in things. And just think of an athlete or a painter or, you know, a big politician or a big business person or, you know, just somebody that's really driven by those things. The mode of goodness means a person is more drawn to tranquility and peacefulness. They don't like clutter and noise and, you know, agitation. A person in the mode of passion, they just love the, you know, the clubs. <laughs> Whereas a person, you know, that's more influenced by the mode of goodness, it's just like, ah, you know, it wrecks their nerves. They want to go somewhere quiet. And so in, in within a day, you can be influenced by these energies, these modes of material nature, to different degrees and in different um, proportions. And even in, within one day, you can go through you know, ups and downs and changes. And they talk about that a person that is happiness, that is more connected with the mode of passion, says in the beginning... It tastes like nectar and in the end becomes like poison. And that sounds like a lot of marriages. <laughs> Where everybody's just like, you know, oh, it's fantastic. This is fantastic. You know, and then six months later, a year later, two years later. <laughs> I was like, what happened, you know? 
but that is that is an uh, you know a, uh, a reality, and so that is the tendency of the happiness experienced under the influence of the the modes of passion. In the in the mode of goodness, it actually describes that spiritual happiness may in the beginning seem like poison and become like nectar you know, in the end, which means that in the beginning we may not experience any overwhelming, you know, happiness or anything of it, but we become convinced and it sort of moves us a little and we do what we need to do. And as we go through this transformation and clearing of the heart and mind, then our experience with it becomes more and more profound and and deeper. Amongst the meditation, you know, for me, the first time I was exposed to this Japa meditation, when I first heard Kirtan, it blew my mind. I, I stood there and I actually cried. It was just like, you know, I didn't know what it was, but I felt really like this is what I'd been looking for. And there was no, you know reasoning or anything. It was just this really intense attraction. And then when I began trying to follow the process, somebody taught me how to do this japa. And it was just like, ah, it would drive me nuts. I just couldn't do it. (laughs) But if you gave me a guitar or a drum or something, you know what I mean? I could sing and I could do it all day. I just loved it. So, but, you know, over time, I've gone through changes with the process and it comes to the point where the sweetness that you will taste from this process is so profound and moving that you are always looking for the opportunity to be able to take some quiet time away from things and engage in this process. So, um, that was a pretty long answer to your question, but you can see why it's hard to answer that. So, you know, amongst, you know, the kirtan or, and the japa or the with breath, mantra with breath, all of them are, are actually equally effective. And you can choose what works best for you. And as you develop the habit and you undergo the internal change, you'll find an easier time and become drawn also to the other practices. Okay? The advantage to the, the japa meditation, I mean, it's so easy to do on your own. And what, what you're doing is engaging three of your senses. You have five senses, three of them. The speech, so you're saying it loud enough to hear. You're hearing it and by touching the bead. So three of your five senses have been engaged, which tends to bring the, the mind more into focus. You can engage the eyes by looking upon a, a spiritual form or something, you know, things that just help you become more, um, more engaged. It is always good before engaging in this chanting of japa or in kirtan to pause for a moment 
and to reflect in a mood of, of humility and thankfulness, of gratitude, you know, for the fact that you have this life and you have this opportunity and for the gift that you've received here and other things of importance. And in that mood, then begin to, to chant. And one will derive more benefit. It's not that the mantra becomes more powerful. The mantra is limitlessly powerful if it's received from the appropriate source. But our consciousness is like clouds. When the clouds become in between you and the sun, you don't feel the full effect of the sun. It's not that the sun is not still there, shining and powerful, but the clouds are blocking. So our own consciousness plays this kind of role, which can limit what we experience. doesn't mean it's making it less powerful, but by approaching this meditation in a mood of, of humility and thankfulness, then it means we are more able to be open to receiving the influence and effect. Okay? Good answer? Good answer. (laughs) So I think that's about it. That about it? Oh, he wants me to chant. Yeah, okay. We can do that. Was it worth coming along? So they got resources on the back table, and a bunch of them are free. Some things you got to pay for, but a bunch of them are free. Explore and don't be shy. So, what are we going to chant? Maha Mantra. And you want a gentle meditative one? Or you want you want you want you want a, a big one? You wanna go for it? <laughs>